You are now tuned in. Agrib Radio! Agrib Radio! Radio! Let's talk family. Good day, everyone. Um, um, I have here with me Ms. Harat Abimbola Ajau. Uh, a brief introduction um, of the guests that I have here. Ms. Harat Abimbola Ajau is an agricultural expert and runs an aquaculture business that specializes in fish farm management, pastry production, fingerlings, and juvenile sales, fund design and construction, business plan, and investment consultancy services. She's a graduate of fisheries from the Federal College of Freshwater Fisheries Technology, New Bissau FCFFT. Please join me in welcome Ms. Harat Abimbola Ajau on Top Talk on Agri-Gradio. Good afternoon. Thank you for having me. <laughs> All right, great. Okay, so real quick, um, we'll just go straight to business, right? Okay. Cool. Um, a big part of the business you run is subsistence trading of food and healthy food. Of good and healthy fish, right? Yes. Okay. Um, for an entrepreneur whose main sort of operation is fish trading, yes. What is your typical day like between office and non-office hours? Well, office hours are not regular pen and paper office. It's <laughs> pond, water, okay. fish, fish feed, kind of day. So mostly first in the morning, after regular routines, I go to the farm, change water if there is need regulate the ones that I need to feed the fish and then get back to sales and delivery of maybe previous orders I already have. And then in the evening, I come back to the farm again, except, of course, if I'm processing fish. So I have to be there the whole day. Right. Yeah. Okay, so when you say office hours, what time exactly is office hours for you? 7 a.m. actually, till wow. like 11, 12. But if I'm processing fish, then it's from 7 a.m. to 7 p.m. for two consecutive days. Interesting. Yes. Wow, that's huge, man. That's very huge. Yeah. Because oh. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so as a captain of industry, that's your first comment, right? Yeah. What measure of support have you received beyond the self-sustenance and investment from personal quarters? Our yes, I understand that. Right. <laughs> um, the only support I could say I, c- I have gotten yes. is from LSETF. Right, right. I took a loan from them and I've paid back actually. <laughs> so yeah, it was helpful in helping me like boost my processing right. business. Yeah, so. Okay, for for the sake of our our audience, yes. what exactly is LSTF? Okay, Lagos State Empowerment Trust Fund. Right. It's basically targeting substance, subsistence farming, right. youths and entrepreneurs, basically. Okay. Right. So, yeah. Okay. Um, so, how much did you receive back then? Oh, uh, well, because I'm skeptical about loans, <laughs> and then someone advised me to test my business with it. Right. To see how viable the business is going, so I took just two fifty thousand, two hundred fifty thousand naira, okay. to pay with eighteen months, inclusive of three months moratorium. Oh, wow. But I paid inclusive of moratorium in like nine months. Oh, my business could sufficiently pay back. Okay, let me just dwell a bit more on that particular subject. You've been, I've heard you mention that literally everyone who wants to go into this kind of farming yes. should try and do 
so with their own personal funds, correct? Yes, yes. Okay, so w why exactly did you go ahead to take this particular loan? Okay, because I have started most of the time with my money. Yes. Because, you see, as much as the profit is huge, the risk is huge too. Right. So I have learned over time that it's best to do all of your practical experiences with your money. Mm. So it gives you some level of peace of mind and then the loss is bearable. Mm. But the moment you take money from other people, and then you have stories to give. They don't care. Mm. They will get their money back whichever way. So you don't want to be in that kind of a fix. So right. before you even take anyone's money, I'll advise you try to run a subsistence one successfully first before you even take investors or something like that. Okay. How long did you have to wait between when you started and when you eventually decided to give it a try? to Five straight it? years. Wait, hold. you spent five straight years running from your own personal funds yes. before you eventually decided to take it two hundred. Okay, <laughs> truth be told, yes. I take um, soft loans from my parents. It's easy, <laughs> you know. But the truth is, I I pay back. All right. But it's easier. Yes, no yes, interest, yes. no yeah. pressure, and, no and then they give you all of the slacks you need. <laughs> yes, yeah, exactly. so, oh, that's interesting. It. Okay, so I mean, you mentioned about um, taking risk, which. Mm -hmm. That takes me to my next question, right? Okay. For an entrepreneur, blowing the trumpet of achievement and milestones seems appropriate, right? Yeah. Um, however, as with every other business venture, particularly in Nigeria, mm -hmm. it comes with its own peculiar risk. Right? Yes. What would you classify as your top three heartaches based on your years of experience in this venture? Actually. <laughs> heartaches. As in those are yeah, like I said, yeah. <laughs> the first one is fish tree. Fish, fish hatchery? Yes, fish okay. hatchery will break your heart one million and one times. <laughs> <laughs> because any little thing that goes wrong, you lose all of the fries or the fingerlings. Oh, right. yes, yes, the yes. risk is huge. But for grow out, I would say the heartache I usually have is about water. Maybe yeah. electricity, uh, generator is not working, right. and I need to change water. Yeah, that's the heartache I get. Okay. Another thing is, and the major one yes. is understanding the mathematics of fish farming business. Mm. When to raise them to grow out, okay. when to raise them to processing stage, okay. when to sort them out and all of that. So it's always important to consider all of that. If you do not sort, you're already heading to loss. If you produce the big ones when the market is not viable, you're selling at a loss. So those are the attacks majorly. Fish okay. feed, mm -hmm. basically. Fish ashery, water, fish feed, yes. That's okay. where the attics come from. Okay, so I would have expected that you probably ask, um, probably mentioned like ease of doing businesses, uh, well, access to funds, or something similar to in that nature. Uh, well, why I'm not listing all of that is they are, they are, how do I put it? They are these problems someone venturing into the business is looking yeah, at. All right. Meanwhile, these ones I've listed are the ones that you will experience wow. while in the business. Oh, so see. all of this is of funds and all of that. Yeah. You can find your way around right. it. Right. But when you now gather people's funds or whichever way you get the funds, these are the things you need to make sure you can control before you even go into fish farming. Mm. So you avoid all of the loss you can imagine. Okay, so let me ask, let me pick your brain on this real quick. Mm. What, is your, what is your take on... Um, 
um, agric investment. Basically, you know those kind of businesses that will say, oh yeah, bring money, I give you 50% returns on investment, those kind of things. <laughs> well, <right>. yes, it <laughs> is. Tell me about it. Um, I like to take risk. Yeah. I would like to put my money. <laughs> but the truth is, I would like to understand in clear terms what the farming system is about before okay. I put my money into it. Right. Take, for example, fishery. If you want to put your money into fish farming and then somebody comes to you and say, ah, see, bros, this thing, if we put 5,000, we get 500,000. Mm -hmm. I need to see the math, the account, the breakdown, so, the, the, the risk and the, the opportunities yes. of how to achieve that, that money. I won't just say, okay, ah, I see be now, take the money and just go. No, that's, that's a huge risk I won't take. Okay. So even if it's like, say for yellow maize planting yes. or something, mm -hmm. I would still really love to understand the planting, fertilization, yeah, and all of that before I put money into it. Okay, this is you speaking from the point of a consumer, yeah. not of a business. Yeah. Okay. All right. Okay. So I just wanted to I just wanted to get Yes, I'm yeah. talking from the point <laughs> of a consumer that is open to venture into it. Right. But as a as a, talking as a business, business owner, do you think aquaculture gives that kind of investment opportunities where you can invest like a two hundred and fifty thousand will probably come about and give you like I don't know one millionaire. I don't know how this is I don't know, I'm just being positive. Yeah. That's interesting. <laughs> Well, it doesn't, doesn't work that way. It really doesn't. It doesn't. Okay, so give me give me a figure to play with. If you, if I invest two hundred fifty thousand in your business, how yeah. much should I possibly envisage to get back? If you put two hundred fifty thousand naira, yes. Okay. Um, I could give you back a <laughs> hundred and fifty thousand naira in at the month? end of the year. No. <laughs> no, 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 let, let like, so, no. So I don't understand. So, uh, okay, annually, 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 because of running costs and all of that. All right. I'm not saying okay, unless I'm putting it at a frame of one fifty to two fifty thousand. Yes. Uh -huh. Yes, you can get that back. Okay, so let me understand. With two hundred fifty thousand naira in your coffers, you can only bring back one hundred fifty thousand in a year. Is that what you're saying? Or oh, this is after profit? Not inclusive of oh, your as, uh, as profit. Oh, as profit. As profit. Oh, no, right. as profit. Okay, so as if profit. it's as profit. If you can get up to your two fifty thousand naira back. Oh, okay. Yes. Okay. If we if we invest it wisely, you can get back your two fifty thousand annually. Oh right. It, yes, you can. Okay, okay, okay. That says a lot. Okay, so let me understand something. Many governments see that an increase in aquaculture is necessary to sustain growing populations with food and lower imports. Mm -hmm. However, one of the biggest competition expected to be faced by business owners such as yourself mm -hmm. uh, is, um, is the importation of fish across border, right? Yeah. Is this really the case? Well, in some cases, yes, and in some cases, it's not. Oh, okay. Truth is, catfish is what we basically rare mostly oh, wow. here and it's not imported except oh, right. of course i had not um not clarified information though mm -hmm. that they bring it from <laughs> neighboring countries right. processed one right. uh -huh. so that's just it but for the other ones i would really love that we have our water bodies and they are absolutely empty 
doing nothing. If they can put cage culture and they will begin to culture marine species or brackish water species, since we have a research institute in place for it, that can now be the point where we come and say, stop importation so that what we have achieved can be sold to people. But for now, what we are doing is freshwater fishes. Mm -hmm. And to some people, let's be very sincere here. If they don't get other marine species they import into the country, they will go for meat. Mm -hmm. Some people have um, cultural biases towards catfish. Mm -hmm. Some don't just eat it. Yeah. So if there's no alternative, they go for meat. Yeah. So for me, I would say that what the government or what we will say is our challenge is the porous border, is the unhygienic ones we have in the market yeah. and not necessarily the imported ones, except until the point where we start using our own right. water body right. to raise marine species and brackish water species, then we can say we have a challenge. Yeah. Do you belong to any? Uh, do you belong to any association? I don't know, like Nigerian association. Nef or? Uh, no, no, no. Oh, interesting. Okay, all right. Okay, so my next question, right? Yeah. One of the biggest deaths um, agriculture agriculture have in Nigeria is the absence of data and technology to efficiently use data to influence business decisions and prescribe actions, mm -hmm. to use data to answer why did this happen instead of what happened, what happened? and use data to make proactive and reactive decisions. Mm -hmm. Also for investors, they are guided by informed dashboard and systems that gives chance to podcast. Mm -hmm. Correct? Yes. Based on the services you offer, which I listed earlier, yeah. how best do you think data and tech can help scale up? In fact, those are like the two things that could take my sales from zero to one million. Because with tech, I could put my sales points everywhere on social media. My sales can be synced with, my orders can be synced to delivery, to sales, to after sales. Even my consultation can be all synchronized together that in some cases, I don't even have to visit the farms physically before I can do my consultancy services for them. Okay. And yeah, data, data would help me to be able to know who my target customers are, not the rigid way I'm doing it now, that I have to be the one sourcing customers, getting all the turning down, and yeah, I want, no, I don't need it. So, you know, if there's a data I work with, I would be able to focus more on those people that I know are interested in my business, and it will make life and business a whole lot easier for me. And I feel like if tech people can come up with apps <laughs> that can sync us from fish feed suppliers to um, off-takers to placing orders for our processed fish to delivery companies to customers getting their other feedbacks and all, that will really take the business from where, where it is now to a way more higher level. And it will restrain me to, although I have international customers, but you know, it will open me up to more advanced market systems and I could even trade with bigger companies out there rather than my local market and customers. Okay, okay. So, Rook, um, I mean, earlier I asked you about the fact that if I were to invest 250000 mm -hmm. how much would I get back in return? For, um, 
I, I can imagine that you probably want to scale up, scale one day, probably to a bigger, I don't know, bigger space. Every day I want to scale <laughs> up. It's okay. boundless. So if you were to meet with an investor right now, what are the kind of figures you would show to him or her that would impress him and say, yes, I'm interested in your business at the moment? At the moment? Yes. At the moment, I am skeptical about taking investors. Reason being that the fish feed and the raw materials, it's getting, it's being dealt a huge blow. Uh-huh. So it's fluctuating and it's not just decreasing or it's increasing by the day. So if I give you a forecast today, I will be working with plus or minus 5% or 10% less, not more. And that is Why me is that being... The Why is that the case? Because if I tell you a bag of feed today is 7,650 naira. By Friday, um, by tomorrow, it could be 7,850. By Monday, it could be 7,865. Mm-hmm. By Tuesday, it's 9,000 naira. Yeah. So if I give you a figure now to prepare my business plan, mm-hmm. I will not be able to achieve what I have forecasted for the person unless, of course, I tell the person to expect a 5 to 10% decrease if um, any of those things happen. Okay. so Yeah, but I, I, I would always, always imagine that it's almost synonymous to any business in Nigeria. So, like, yes, yes, like yes. You kind of focus that, yes, I can always aspire high, but there's a chance that... Okay, yes, but the truth still remains that even as the price is fluctuating and all, for somebody like me that has learned the ropes of the business way back and I've done it by mm-hmm. myself over and over again, I can still assure an investor if I say I'm giving you 20, 30% profit, I can assure the person that I will be able to achieve it because I know all of the ways I could avoid losses that will not make me achieve whatever I've set out for. So, yeah. Interesting, fascinating. So, um, I mean, before I leave the, the, this, the particular question that brought us here, okay. which is the question of data and tech, Yes. What kind of data do you think you would need right now, right? And mm-hmm. I mean, this is me throwing it out there so that anyone can listen. Um, okay. How much are you willing to invest to get access to those data and tech? No, no, you don't have to mention the figure. I'm just, you, I mean, you can be, you can, you can speak <laughs> it out. You can just give me okay. like a, but you get what the price is saying. For data, yeah. for data and tech, let yes. me put it together. <laughs> okay, please. Please, take me, no. be, <laughs> be nice to me. <laughs> I would say, for now, I could start from like, I'm not being ridiculous. No, no, I think it's fine, go ahead. Yeah, go ahead. 20,000 naira, 200,000 naira. Okay, for what exactly? For data. No, no, what kind of data? Data of, maybe a compilation of people, the response of people to okay. catfish consumption, okay. how they how they believe in it or how they eat it. Do they understand what benefits it's in it? Do they know that omega-3 fatty acid all is right. healthy, healthy for them and okay. not the bad ones that will make them fat and all of that? Okay. So I would like to have access to such information. Do they prefer it fresh or dried, peppered or peppered, seasoned or seasoned? Oh, right, right, right. Okay. 
Yeah, you probably put a big perspective to it because basically yes. in my own head, data is probably give me a big dashboard where I can monitor how much. Like we we recently had a guest, um, we, where we spoke about irrigation and where we spoke about the fact that with data you can have access to say, um, this is at one point where the particular section in your big farm that needs this amount of water. water. So there's it limits the um, uh, chances of flooding or something. Yeah. You get my point now. So there's a kind of data and tech that those kind of people. Need. We need so that which is why reason I like to ask okay, for young kind of person what kind of data for me yeah for me what I would need right now mm-hmm. is data that can boost my sales. Okay. Oh, you're more particular about sales, I'm not operation. No, no, production. Production is um, you know the way fish farming is. The moment you have your pond. You know, there is a way we construct the pond that when the water gets to a certain level in a pond. It just peels out on its own without oh, right. a fish going with it. So oh, okay. I might not need as much information on production like somebody doing irrigation because yes. there is a point where the water is too much or not enough. Yes. But for me, if the water gets too much, there is a provision in the construction of the pond that helps the water overflow. Right. So without me losing my fish, sure. uh-huh. unless, of course, the water is draining off, and in most cases, it's extremely rare, unless someone had tampered with it. So those are the reasons why me, I might not need an on-farm um, data collection. All right. Because for most of us fish farmers, the basic headache we have is sales. Oh, wow. Yeah, so if you ask any other fish farmer, they will tell you, how can I sell? Oh, so, so these are good information. So let me understand something now. Um, how many fish do you have in your custody right now that you're um, holding? Right now, I have about, um, in total, I have about about 4,000 to 5,000 pieces. Wow. wow. And since, based on the nature of your business, it's more of subsistence fishing farming. So basically, yes. you're looking out for how you can sell all of these fish so all that you can restock again. Uh, well, the way I stock, I don't stock all of them at the same time. All That's right. why you see it took a while to sum it up. Yeah. So it's in different sizes so that a batch that is ready for sale might be just about a thousand five pieces. So that way it's easier for me to sell. You see, that's what a new investor in the business will not understand. They build their ponds, they put 6,000 pieces at a go and they want to offload that 6,000 at a go. It's more stressful and tedious to sell. At that point, you become pressured to sell at loss. But when you spread it out, when one set is ready, you, you learn all your sales routine with that one, with that first set. So it's easier to sell a smaller number than to allow everything be ready at the same time. And it's easier to grow when you stock in that distribution. So awesome. you do fingerlings, juvenile, and post-juvenile. Wow. Yeah. Wow. That was really, that's massive. <laughs> mm-hmm. Okay, so aquaculture, as we know it, is a really wild, wide category. Right? Yeah. Other aspects of aquaculture, which is not particularly known in this part of the world, are like pearl farming, mm. right? Um, among others, for lack of words. Prawn, I know. Yeah? Prawn. What is it? Prawn. prawn. Oh, yeah, prawn. Yeah. Exactly, prawn too. No, the reason why we actually even mention pearl farming is because um, these are, it's, uh, uh, they're not doing it, for, uh, cons- uh, yeah. they're doing it for consumers. They're doing it for like when you get it uh, for some certain section of the market. Yeah. Know, which I don't think it's so 
prevalent mm-hmm. yet. Exactly. It's not. Okay, so no doubt there are more lucrative ways by which more funds could be gotten. Do you mind sharing what Nigerians well and the listeners are missing out by not tapping to the full potential of this side of agriculture? The one my eyes has always been <laughs> on is owning a cage culture system. A what now? A cage culture system. Okay, cage culture system. On the lagoon. <laughs> because the water is wasting away. It's a huge space. And there are right. some places where the water has, um, f- what's it called now? Sorry. Tension know. is not that high. Oh, right. Yeah, 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 so yeah. the cage culture can still survive conveniently, like the Equal Lagoon or the Badagri water. No. Those places are there. The government, because it's not easy for an individual to do, but if, if an individual set out for it, it's achievable. Mm-hmm. It's just going to take a lot of capital. And then the person can stock tilapia, mm-hmm. stock other marine fishes like croaker or something, or titles, allow them to, even the white catfish, that's the one Yoruba color boku, right. can be raised in such systems. And it's a huge market out there. Because truth be told, our water bodies are already overutilized, overexploited. So there's over nothing under. over oh, wow. exploited because everybody's just doing whatever they like on the water body. That's no, for right. the fishermen. Oh, okay. So it's best to utilize that huge water body. And I'm really, really, really <laughs> hoping one day okay. I could utilize it. Is this, is this the reason why you chose to operate from Ikorodo? <laughs> <laughs> See, if I, if I see a way to use that water body, <laughs> nothing will stop me. <laughs> because really, it gives you, you know, there's less stress. They are in their natural water habitat. Yes. They get natural fish food. The planktons, the zooplankton are there freely. Okay. And then you give them food too. There's nothing like electricity bills or water changing and no. The only challenge you will have with it basically is security. And if you can do something superb, that's where technology comes in again. If you can secure the water space efficiently and you can use it, you don't even need to overstock each cage. You will be getting a very good turnover. Mm. So, you know, at that point, it's like oil and gas. To think about it, I would expect that there are certain bodies, especially in here in Lagos, that would be in charge of ensuring that um, there's like rules, there are like policies around those kind of areas. Uh, yeah, I'm sure if one has the um, funds to set up such business today, when you go to the Ministry of Agri mm. and the Water Resource Ministry, I'm sure we'll be able to come to terms <laughs> and use the water body efficiently. Okay, fingers crossed then. Okay, so my next question is this. In, uh, in, in an aquaculture market research report shared yeah. by Report Linker a few days ago, the global aquaculture market is expected to grow from $13 um, billion in 2020 to $44 billion by the end of 2025. Right, this just barely four years ago. I don't know. Okay, so basically, with your five years experience, I just want you to advise for anyone who is interested in this field, right? What would be your advice to anyone who is interested in being part of this astronomical numbers? Okay, so, uh, 
firstly, I have more than five years All right. oh, of the experience. Sorry, I've been running, yeah, oh, I started sorry. running the business in Lagos five years ago. Oh, that's what you meant. But okay. I've been learning and doing all I can right from when I was in school in 2007, 2006. No kidding. Yeah, so okay. um, if I'm to advise anyone to for the business, I would say start with what you have. Okay. I started with, it's not going to be easy, it's not going to be fun, but if you start with what you have, and then don't be greedy, you don't, don't, be, don't be greedy in the sense that I've seen that most farmers that have gone into extension of how to fold up is out of greed. Because when you tell them, this pond cannot take more than 300 pieces of fish, they will tell you, ah, this is still taking 500, leave them there now when the time comes. And then they don't realize that the fish grows to a point where they just keep feeding, they don't grow because there's no enough space. And they are, they are wired in another way that even when the space is not enough, they start dying. Yeah. They start dying until the number that is supposed to be there, then they will stabilize. So it's always good to learn the basics of the business and don't 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 be i still keep saying greedy because i feel like is that thin line between greediness and aspirational no there's it's no, a huge there's a it's gap. a huge gap oh, really? because if i'm aspiring to be a 1000 pc 1000 fish per, um, farm owner yes. and then i start with 300 yes. i know that if i'm supposed to put 300 in this pond and raise it the next my next stocking time will be 400 or 500. Okay. My next stocking time will be 600. That is aspiration. Okay. But greed is, I know that this thing can take 300, but I want to achieve 1,000 pieces faster. So I put 500. At the end of the day, the person will not even be able to achieve more than that 500 because when you sell, it's already at loss. So to reinvest, it might take the person back to 200 pieces. So that's why I keep nailing on greed. And then acquiring more than enough knowledge you should not be shy to ask questions keep asking pro bono or consultancy just keep asking when you see things read online about it make inquiries and then just know that you can start small it's not a business that you have to have all the millions you can start small and you will get there then explore explore all the enterprises the fishery the production part, the processing part, you could dry them to sell. You could start small, and then over time, you gather your customers. And the branding aspect of it, too. Some people just go with the branding, and they are still making their money. So, so yeah. When you say branding, what exactly is branding? That's for somebody, if, if you are a brand designer now, mm-hmm. or you are even a fish farmer, someone that has it, knowledge of fishery and then you can do the designing oh, okay. it's different from somebody that you just went to, to say i want you to brand this thing for me and then they don't have the tech know-how of how to go about it mm. so it's also something one can do and then you can even mix it up with crop farming the water you drain from your farm you can use it for irrigation for other farms so you can do, that's what we call um, integrated farming. Yes. 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 So <laughs> you can do that too. Okay. Don't, don't just focus on one thing. Right. You can explore. Diversify. Yes. All right. Is fish farming profitable? Very, very profitable. 
Okay. I just wanted to be sure because when you say people should not be greedy, okay, so yeah, it's, yeah, so it's profitable. But okay. you know, when you look at the space, ah, this girl has told me it's 300. Let's leave it there, Jerry. Let's right. leave it there, their space. But me, I know what I'm saying when I say it's just 300 that can take the space. Good. It's very profitable. And this comes with part of your consultancy service, which is the reason why you can advise and talk about yes, the yes. capacity. Yes. All right. Okay. Um, so let me ask my next question. Um, well, um, with opportunity comes a chance to misuse and abuse. Mm-hmm. What sort of regulation do you think should be in place to ensure that the practice of aquaculture is moderated competitively by local practitioners and foreign exporters? The first regulation, I think I have like two or three. Okay. The first one should be price control. I really love if the government can, the a body okay. of the maybe the ministry yeah. can always meet with farmers and agree and agree on a particular rate every farmer should sell within all localities. For example, Lagos State, if the Ministry of Agri can say this is what everybody should sell at, so you know at that rate, those that raise their fish with local feed and stayed for seven, eight months. When they are selling at, um, say, for 650 naira per and me that bought imported feed of one bag at 12,000 plus, and I have to buy about 60 to 80 bags to feed as well, can sell. If I sell at 650, I've not even gotten my production cost, not to talk of if breaking even or profit. Now, if they are selling at 650 and I'm selling at 800, you know our market women will not in any way come to me. But if we have a regulated price for everybody, you that have used um, local feed and a longer period of time, will still be able to make up for the longer period of time you have waited for the fish to grow. So I think price control is very, very important. Then fish feed quality. I really love for it to be regulated so that because some will say it's 45 um, crude protein or 40% crude protein, but when you give fish, you realize it's not up to that. So I really love for that too. Price control and fish feed quality control. Okay, so let me, let me, let me take you back to what you mentioned now about the price control. Mm. To a typical regular consumer, how yeah. does he tell the difference between the fish he gets from you and the fish he gets from the ones that are breaded locally? There is absolutely no difference. So why do you choose to go through the route of the, um, the route which you, which you currently go through? Okay, why I go through the route I go through is pelleted, pelleted feed gives them more growth, length, more flesh, and then you can be sure of feeding the fish with healthy ingredients, unlike the local ones now. They when, might when you say local ones, what exactly do they feed them with? Like rice? No, no, no. Oh. Well, some people do rice, oh, right. bread, gari. I've heard oh. someone say bamufu. <laughs> you know, so yes, some are like that. They right. give junks from just like they are feeding goods. Okay. They just give. But the truth is. Some also, I'm sorry, this is a bit disgusting. Some also use maggot. Okay. So, which to me, it's not healthy for fish or even for the consumption of the the consumers. 
Yeah. For the fish itself and the consumer. All right. For me, I will not. I will never take any fish fed with maggots. Oh, you can't tell when you enter the market. Uh, well, well, since I'm lucky it, enough, I know uh, you won't see the maggots in it. Oh, but you can know. No, some some I bought fish that I've seen some uh, this fresh one. Um, not fresh. Dried one. Smoked one actually. Smoked one, yeah. yeah. Why you why why you saw maggots in that is, it didn't dry well enough. Then possibly. A housefly might have relayed on it. Oh, that, right. That's why you had that issue of okay. the maggot. But yeah. mis- basically, it's just moisture that had, oh, that wasn't oh, dried okay. up completely. Okay. Right. Then bacteria as well. That's why the maggot had a conducive environment to come up. That's just it. So, but for those that feed their fish with maggot, you can only know through market when you're in the market and you're buying it fresh. You will know that it gives off an offensive odor. Although right. people will assume it's fish smell, but you can tell if you know what it means to use the maggot thing. You can tell that it gives off a kind of odor, and then there's so much else fly around it. So for me, I just look out for that if I'm buying outside, which is rare. Yeah, which is very rare <laughs> indeed. Yeah. Okay, so price control. How exactly? How exactly do? Government, because I don't. It's almost difficult for you to determine that. I mean, for price of egg, I don't know how it's been arranged that that everyone kind of sells crates of egg at the same price. But for fi- I mean, egg, I don't know. You can correct me if I'm wrong, but I just assume that it's probably relatively easier um, to go into poultry than to go into fish farming. Correct. Yeah, no? yeah, kind of. I mean, it's not like we're in it, <laughs> so we can't really tell what kind well, of egg. The truth is, I think why poultry people can can have a uniform prices because it's not easy to have a shortcut with feeding chicken. If you don't feed them well enough, their production will drop. So they are more like compelled to use almost the same quality of feed. But for fish, let's assume something came up and then you abandon fish for two, three months in a pond. You will come back and meet them. Except they might be feeding on themselves. If they don't see themselves to feed on, they will be there swimming. They will just be slim. Right. So the day you start feeding them back, they would recuperate. But you know, it has taken a longer period of time. Sure. So that's what fish has that chicken does not have. So some people can decide to have abandoned this fish here since. Well, if I see somebody that can even paste this on there, let them come and pack it. You know, when customers have such access, they won't come to those that have done the tedious job of raising them with good money. They won't come to us. So that's just the challenge yeah. we have. But if the government can say, okay, we want to help you all and we want to put a regulated price. So in the whole of Lagos, a kg of fish should go for 800 naira. You know, it's not something they'll just wake up in the ministry and come up with. It's something they'll meet with we, the state farmers, and discuss with them. We all agree to something. So if we have that, the person selling at Ikeja can sell and make profit. The person selling at Ijegun can sell and make profit. The person selling at Ikorodu can sell and make profit. And even within Ikorodu, some people will say they will buy from you 800. The next two bus stops to you, they will buy 750. Further the distance, they will buy 700. So the market women are the ones calling the shots. Yeah, so, and then, you know, when someone had put in so much money, frustration sets in, pressure, 
the person just sells off. Okay, so on a final note, um, one particular um, thing that, in, that caught my interest with you is the fact that you actually studied fishery yeah. from a fishery school, and that is what you've been doing. Yes. Let, let me guess, you've never applied for a job. Ah, no. I w- <laughs> you have? Well, most times, all the job I've actually done, it wasn't really applied for. Oh, it was a like recommendation. Ah, this right. person can handle your farm, and then I work there. So at what point did you decide to say, okay, no, you know what, I'm not, I'm not up for this kind of job. I just want to do my own. Well, I didn't really turn anyone down. I had to go back to school when oh, I was during my school is N D H N D. Oh right. So the person I worked with last was um, Tunji Ladoja. So I had to leave to go back to school. Oh right. And so and when I came back from school after NYC. I just started mine, yeah, gradually. Interesting. Okay, so um, on the final note, I just want you to give some sort of encouragement, a word of encouragement, and this is targeted at students back in school, right? Like typical, I mean, um, for anyone who is probably studying agriculture, uh, mm. sorry, agriculture, um, aquaculture, fishery aquaculture, fishery, even the whole thing, like um, agriculture, those yeah. kind of things. Mm-hmm. And it's almost, it's almost a good case that anyone who gets admission to study that course would always look for a way out to go to another department. Or wow. probably when they... It's, it's yes, you are right, yes. Because, yeah, I experienced <laughs> you that. You probably so. tried it too. I don't um, know. No, no me, I was just like, since I'm here, let's just face let's it. Just it so. okay. But I knew like about five of us left. Exactly my point. Yes. Oh, and, and what's even... Um, another interesting part of it is that it's that if it's that they try to do that, and those who probably fail will probably say who fail to um, go to another um, push, well, go to another department or cross to another department. That's what department, they call it. Yeah. Yes. Will probably say, okay, you know, after this BSc, then I can go and do something more serious, uh, something probably do an MBA or something. So that I know, that, yeah. So BSc is out of my way. Kind of thing. So for those who are still in it for it, yeah. What exactly would be that drive that for that? A word of advice or that encouragement that you would want to pass across to them? Okay, so like myself, I start from school as well. Okay. Um, my, I was living close to the school actually, so every morning when I see people going there to work, I go there and go and see what they are doing. So that was how I was able to learn. So I would like encourage anyone in school to try as much as possible my curriculum was as tedious as it is right now. In fact, maybe then say worse because we trek from school to Nifri under the hot sun right. and it wasn't easy. But yet, I did a wooden um, vat. I'm sure if, if, they, if they are like an agri student listening to me, they will know what a wooden vat means. So I made that and I started learning arching from there. So even while in school, I was able to sell fingerlings. Oh, wow. Yeah. So they might not have that environment to practice like me, but I will encourage them to visit people's farm. In fact, I was working freely for a friend that had a farm then. I follow him to his farm to clean the pond, sort fish, and I learned on the job everything I know. So they shouldn't see it like, ah, I can't go and be laboring for anybody. They should see like they're acquiring all of the knowledge they will need, such that by the time they're able to gather, even if it's just a hundred or two hundred thousand naira, they could change their own lives 
it will not be instant, but gradually everything will work out. So I really, really hope they can be open to practical learning. That book learning, I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, it's there, but I can assure you that one-to-one that they teach us in school, it's not practical in the field. So yes, be acquiring the class knowledge, but look for places where they are running the farming already and fix time with them. Even if it's just twice in a week or two, two hours twice in a week, go there voluntarily, work for them, learn, ask questions, and whatever mistake you see them making, when you get to class, challenge the lecturers, ask questions too. So the feedback, you can use it to help the person you're learning from, and then you are advancing alongside. Fascinating. Yeah. Okay, thank you very much, uh, Ms. Bimbola. I think I'll just call you Bimbola. So yes. <laughs> All right, thank you very much, Ms. Bimbola. Um, all along, I've been speaking with Ms. Abimbola Jao, who is an aquaculture expert and runs an aquaculture business that specializes in fish farm management, hatch tree production, fingerlings and jubilee sales, home design and construction, business plan and investment consultancy services. She's also a graduate of fisheries from the Federal College of Freshwater Fisheries Technology, New Bissau, here in um, Niger State? Yes, Niger State. Gotcha. Kenji. Kenji, Niger State, Nigeria. Um, All along, guys, you've been listening to Agri-Cradio. Agri-Cradio is a podcast, um, an initiative of Farm Crowdy that talks about agriculture and uh, everything within the agri-value chain. Uh, We look forward to listening to you. We look forward to um, having our next guest and to show you what it is that agriculture can offer you. Thank you very much for joining and have a nice day. You, you, you are now to 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 radio, radio, radio. Let's talk.